1: don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming. I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke. I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming. You only got a few seconds to run.
0: Yeah. Hello, Bengals fans. I am Matt Minnick, and this yeah. is Bengals Chalk Talk. Today, I am joined by former NFL quarterback and founder of the CrockerReport.com. Uh, also,. You may you may have seen him on Crock Talk TV on Pat, Patreon. It is Eric Crocker. Eric, how are you doing today?
1: Oh man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. So well, the reason that I brought in Eric is is because uh, I mean, well, first of all, I always love talking to DBs. Everybody everybody knows my heart. I'm a DBs guy. If I could, um, you know, people want to be want to be head coaches, and you know, they they trace all these things. My my perfect world, I would just coach corners and like just like watch one on ones <laughs> all day. Um yeah. So uh, always they're always like the most fun guys on the team for one thing, uh, and it's, uh, so I lo- love talking to corners. But um, also, uh, you know, Eric, Eric not only works with uh, defensive backs and, and you know talks a lot about defensive backs on his various platforms, uh, but also with receivers. So. Today we're, we're going to focus mainly on the receiver aspect because the Bengals are, are definitely going to be a tar- targeting receiver at some point in this draft, perhaps with the number five overall pick. But before we get into that, we uh, I just wanted to touch on a Bengals free agent acquisition in uh, cornerback uh, Shadobi Uwuzi. And just to kind of get your opinion of what you think he might bring to the table in Cincinnati as they bring him in to replace William Jackson.
1: You know what a woozy is, man, it, it's weird. Like, you, you see the ability, you see the talent, like, you see the athleticism, like, you see all that really jump off when you watch, you know, the Cowboys film. I think what he was more a victim of was just, bad luck and i think that's why like if you're like a fan of pff or you know any of those kind of grading things when it comes to secondary play you typically see it's not like steady right it kind of goes up and down a little bit and when you're watching like uh yeah he is someone where it's like he can test that that's what I, I i want to see that first and foremost Like are you contesting passes right like he's not somebody that's just when he does get beat or whatever, like, he's not somebody that's just like, oh, guys are just running by him, or he just can't cover guys. Like, he's challenging guys. Like, at the catch point, thought he did a terrific job, um, you know, being able to contest passes, whether he gave up a catch or not. Like, he's typically right there in good position. So, I think for him, it's just becoming more consistent, right, to where now he can earn, like, a bigger contract. Because I'd assume, and I don't know, did you guys talk to a one-year contract or, or multi-year
0: I uh, believe it yeah it, it, it was a multi-year deal so they they got him for a pretty good deal though and that was kind of the deal was I think everybody everybody knows that you know he's, it, it's it's not having William Jackson necessarily um but they they got both him and Mike Hilton uh for for basically what uh what Washington's paying for for William Jackson so uh so it was a pretty 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 good value in the deal
1: Yeah so you know he he's somebody who I feel like like, he, he can be a good corner. Like, the way I always try to look at it, and obviously you're going to have, like, your elite guys and everything, but, like, is this guy a starting cornerback in the NFL? Like, you know, out of 64 starting outside cornerbacks, can this guy be one of them? And I strongly believe that he is. So I think that's kind of the best way to put it. He can test stuff. Is he going to be this just shut-down guy that you're going to say, hey, go guard this guy or follow him around? I don't think he's that guy. You know, is there, like, is he going to give up something here and there? Um, You know, like, yeah. But for the most part, he's typically not going to be the issue why, you know, the Bengals, are, you know, if they're getting their butt kicked and the secondary can't cover, he won't be the reason why. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to be contested, mm-hmm. guys. He's going to be competitive. Um, he has the ability, like, whether it's playing guys vertically, challenging guys at the catch point on, like, you know, underneath routes. He does all that very well. You know, he just has to become just a little bit more consistent to where, you know, people won't feel bad about paying him, you know, the, the contract that he got.
0: Yeah, and they you know, they've got a, a bigger contract last year from Trey Wayne's that they didn't uh we haven't really seen anything from yet, so you know, he may yeah, be like really the, like that cb one.
1: I like him I like him more than I like uh Trey Wayne.
0: Okay. And definitely yeah, definitely for the price I'd say. So uh so we yeah, they'll get those guys in there and you know, Von Bell played well at safety last year. Uh we you know we mentioned Hilton coming in and then of course uh Jesse Bates is is, is the guy back there, and, you know, hopefully the Bengals can win some more games and Bates will finally get the national attention uh, that he re- uh, really deserves at that safety position. Uh, you know, real, real ball hawker back there. Uh, so let's get into the draft a little bit. Along with Penny Sewell, uh, Jamar Chase is, you know, really one of the two most likely picks for the Bengals. Um, you know, there's talk of, of Kyle Pitts. I, you know, I don't know if that's a really Somebody that they would seriously consider to be honest with you, Um, you know. Today, they? is a different story, but you know, I I feel like it's probably going to come down to one of those two players for the Bengals at the top of the draft. What are your thoughts on Chase? Um, You know, what can he do at the NFL level? You know, what makes him a a special player that's worthy of a top five pick?
1: So I'll start with the the second part of your question: with what makes him worthy of a top five pick. And in my opinion, and I'm not saying this isn't to take away from, like, you know, the talent that he is and whatnot, but I just don't value the receivers as top five guys. Now, I know there's a lot of people, and I watch, you know, his pro day, and and I've heard, like, obviously, like, since last year, what they're saying about him as a generational talent. I don't think he's that. Mm -hmm. I think he is really good. Obviously, like, he's a terrific prospect. He's extremely productive, one of the most productive receivers in SEC history. Um, But I don't think he's just this, like, can't miss generational prospect now even then to me it's just hard to take a receiver top five or even top 10 because I feel like throughout the draft uh teams are getting these receivers that are really productive and just as productive as the top guys or like you know if you look at last year you know there were guys that went later in the 20s or even early first round or whatever like you know you're getting like Terry McLaurin third round like the uh Debo Samuel, DK McCaff, second round, Like, right, You're getting all these guys, uh guys that are extremely productive and they weren't taking top they weren't taking top ten. I think that the talent I don't think there's that big of a gap. Now maybe the situation is different, right? When you have this wide open offense and Joe Brady calling these plays and um you have uh Joe Burrow throwing you passes and everybody's getting ten, thirteen plus touchdowns, like you know, it obviously puts you on a different pedestal you're playing the national championship. But who's to say a guy like Diami Brown couldn't have that level, or not to the extent, but really good success if he were in more of an offense like that instead of an offense that asked him to run three routes all game, you know? So just the mm-hmm. way I look at it, is there has to be some kind of like projection with these guys and with the receiver position. Guys are just coming in and they are producing – you know, and being very productive and it doesn't have to be a top ten pick. Um, you know, so I look so if, if I am them and I'm looking for a pass catcher and I want to take one top ten, it's one hundred percent Kyle Pitts. You know, it I like Kyle Pitts is a unicorn, like there there aren't tight ends like that. You know, he's one of the best tight end prospects ever, I would say, since maybe Vernon Davis and Kellen Winslow, right? Um, mm-hmm. where that that's like more of a 6'6", 245 pounds that's fluid, the way he moves his feet, his ability to really look like a receiver when he's on the outside. But he's a better, like, in-line blocking tight end I think people give him credit for. So, like, this is Absolutely. versatility and and the mismatch uh, guy that he is where it's like, well, we can't cover him with linebackers, so what about when, you know, the Bengals come out in 21 personnel and you're going to put a linebacker on him? Then what if most of them and just split them out wide? What do you do then? Well, even then, you put a safety on him, he's a mismatch. I mean, he's beating, beating SEC corners, whether it's in a slot or the outside, and then running away from him. So, to me, just if you want to kind of get – when you want to start kind of going towards value, I would go that route. But in the sense of Jamar Chase and, like, what he brings, um, obviously, like, terrific. I think his best – when evaluating him, this was, the weird thing with, <laughs> this was the weird thing with him. And I don't know if I really said this about anybody else, the The way he wins is the same way he loses, right? And I think um, typically it's, you know, guys win one way, then they, you know, if they're going to lose a rep, they lose a, a different way. Well, with him, it's always everything is like playing through contact, playing through contact, playing through contact. Like, so, you know, there's not a lot of separation with his routes, right? But so people can say, hey, that that's not an issue because look at him right here, like, look at him, like, the, the, the contact's not an issue. And my pushback is, well, it's not an issue until it is. And when you just watch the All-22, you might see a couple reps where he does win with uh, that physicality and, you know, that bully ball type of mentality. But then there's like eight other reps or ten other reps in that same game where he just lost. And I thought, putting on the film of Jamar Chase, I thought he lost more reps than any other receiver. Now, when he wins, he wins big. And are there ways to get him um, the ball and get him in space and can he win vertically? He can do all of that. Uh, But I just thought the way he wins consistently, I thought that he also lost the same way a lot. And I think that's something that people aren't talking about. They'll talk about how, oh, he's not like a pure separator or whatever. But they don't talk about how he's actually losing reps that same way. And it's kind of hit or miss. And what happens is, You know, Joe Burrow, he trusts him. He'll throw the ball out there. I watched it against Auburn. He's throwing it out there, and he's going to win. We watched him against Clemson throwing it out there, like downfield. He's going to win. And I've also seen them throw it out there, and it gets intercepted because now it's contested. And I would assume Mm -hmm. that that would happen more in the NFL because, you know, um, now the corners are a little stickier. Now, Now here's the thing where he can fix that, right, and this is where you have to project a little bit. Can he become quicker and more sudden? whether it's at the line of scrimmage or throughout his routes. You know, I thought people were – they were way too comfortable getting hands on and challenging him in that way, you know, where, you know, a lot of people, they have, like, more of an issue with Devontae Smith and, you know, oh, when he gets in the NFL, it's going to be hard for him to get off press. And it's like, well, guys can't touch him off the line. Like, he's really – it's tough to touch him off the line. It's tough tough to press him. But Jamar Chase, that's the one who struggled with press. But when you say that, people are like, well – no, look at what he did here. And it's like, yeah. And that's my goes back to my thing where he wins the same way he loses, where I can show you reps where he did win playing and where guys got in his chest, and then reps, a lot of reps where he lost. And there was no separation, and it was really difficult. So he's a tough eval for me because, obviously, I see the talent. I see the ability. I see the breakaway speed when he has the ball in his hands. But, all, but also when you just watch the pure two, two, um, all-22, it's not. It's not pretty. It's not anything that's, like, like great. Like, a lot of times when I'm watching these guys, because I watch them away from the ball as well, you'll see guys just separating and getting open, but they just didn't get the ball. You don't really mm-hmm. see that with Chase. Like, if he's not getting the ball, typically he's just not open. And that's kind of tough. He, he makes it tough on me because I know everyone loves him and is so high on him, and he's just, like, perfect and all that. But when I see – I don't see perfect. I do see, like, he has big-time talent and ability. But I would like to see him kind of work to create more – um, initial separation, just so he doesn't have to work as hard all the time.
0: So, two things about that, um, you know, to kind of follow up. You know, number one, I think a lot of people didn't think he was, you know, that fast, you know, based on on what you see in the way he he wins uh, on film, and I mean his testing numbers were very impressive. Uh, so, you know, part one of the of the question is, do you think this this year off? Um, has do you think he's actually been able to, to, to develop more speed, and that, that he might be more explosive on the field in the NFL than he was in college? Um, you know, or conversely, that you know that those are just workout numbers and not going to mean anything on the field. Um, and, and part two would be: Do you think that uh, the NFL rules regarding pass interference and illegal contact? Um, do you think that those will will benefit uh, him with his play style or or make things more difficult?
1: Oh man, uh, tough question. So the, the the first part, I I think that he when you just watch him, he doesn't play fast. Like right? if you just watch like him in route, and I think that's what people are seeing. I always try to identify like what people are seeing and kind of put that into words so they kind of mm-hmm. understand it. What you're seeing is and what people are seeing, he doesn't play fast. He doesn't have what we call high-end controlled speed, all right? So when he's running his routes, it doesn't look fast. But if you watch him when he gets the ball in his hands, he is fast. Like when you watch him against – I posted the clip against Vanderbilt, how he outran angles. Like he has mm-hmm. that ability. He has that speed. And maybe it's not 4.38 or 4.39 or whatever, Maybe, but maybe it's like 4.43. You know, that's, I was, I was mm-hmm. expecting him to run in that range. So I know he possesses that type of speed. Um and explosiveness, but he has to learn how to play faster, like, within routes. I, I'll give you an example, like, right, and these are kind of extreme, but there's two guys at Alabama last year, uh, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs that came out. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy, high-end controlled speed. I thought he played just as fast as anyone in college football, even though his 40-time was four, 4 5 But if you watch the way he runs routes and the way he thre- threatens cornerbacks vertically and sits down his routes, I thought it was, like, one of the best I've ever seen, right? Like, like he just that's how he created so much separation. Where if you look at Henry Ruggs and maybe some of the struggles he's had so far in the NFL, he ran a 4-2-2, so he's like, oh, fast, explosive, and it's like, yeah, we see it with the balls in, the, in his hands, but when you just watch him and you watch cornerbacks, they, they weren't threatened by him vertically in route right, like they were sticky watching against like Christian Fulton um, and how challenging that was throughout the game where they just went press against somebody that runs a four two two, and he was extremely aggressive and physical with him throughout the route. And Fulton wasn't just this blazing cornerback, but Ruggs kind of struggles to play at the speed of his 40 until the ball is either in the air or in his hand. Chase has that same type of issue where, and even like it's even more exaggerated, um, you know, they talk about him being like this great route runner. I don't think he's a great route runner. <laughs> I think you can see certain instances where he wins with a route, but a lot of times it's not like fast. It's just one speed, stop, turn around, oh, I faked you out, I'm going vertical. And then he beats a guy because maybe he had bad eyes. But I, I think he can he can improve in a lot of areas. Now this is the thing. If he improves in those areas, then you're now you're talking about what they believe he is, which is, like, a generational prospect, right? Right, if he improves on his settling, his twitchiness, his ability to uh, have more higher-end controlled speed uh, to threaten guys, you know, vertically in a route to sit them down and doesn't have to always play with his physicality, if he can do those things, then, yeah, like, now we're talking about, like, an amazing prospect. But I just think he lacks kind of in those areas, and I don't think his testing numbers told me anything new about him. Um, Now, as far as, like, you know, how that game translates to the NFL – it, it's just going to have to be more like, you know, Des Bryant. And, um, you know, if you remember Des Bryant and not even, yeah, I guess young Dez Bryant, but really more so Dez Bryant where a lot of his passes were contested, right? Like Tony Romo just had to trust him that he was going to make the play. And a lot of times they just did different things to get the ball in his hands. He had to learn to be a little bit more nuanced with his releases. And I'd see Chase as kind of that similar type of prospect uh, where you're just, just going to have to figure it out. But, there was a time where Dez Bryant was one of the most productive receivers in the NFL, and Chase mm-hmm. has that type of upside. He just has to learn how to play, you know, work on, like, the just little things that's going to help him really take his game to the next level. Even though everybody thinks he's already is there, I don't – but I think he definitely can get there.
0: It's interesting you mention that because, you know, Romo is a popular comp for Joe Burrow as well, and, um, you know, Joe Burrow – you know, ranked as, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league when throwing back shoulder throws and throwing into contested situations. She kind of has a knack for that. So, um, you know, throw away the fact that obviously Burrow and Chase already have a rapport, um, but do you think that Chase's play style, uh, since it matches up with what Burrow does well, you know, do, is, is, does that make more sense? Uh, to draft a guy like that than, say, uh, a Jalen Waddle?
1: Um, Yeah, because I do feel like, you know, when he – you know, if Chase works on those things, you know, I just think he is just a more complete receiver because he brings that physical aspect to where, like, you know, whether he's, you know, running – you know, I only look at it like, all right, it's fourth, there was third down and seven and, you know, we're down four, and there's, like, you know, five minutes left, and we just need this catch. I feel like Mm -hmm. Chase is the guy that's going to get that catch no matter what, whether he's covered, Mm -hmm. like, whether somebody's draped all over him or not. Um, And, you know, so not to take anything away from Waddle. Obviously, he's extremely explosive, and, you know, I like him a lot as well. But um, with Chase, you know, just having that, like, kind of safety blanket aspect to him, I think that's something that can definitely help, uh, you know, your quarterback. Now, the tough thing is, like, obviously he ran fast, but he's not like a burner in the sense of how he plays. And then you have T Higgins, and then you have Tyler Boyd, and none of them are kind of like that. So mm-hmm. you're essentially having three guys that, not you know, not saying they all win the same way or Chase isn't a higher-end guy than those other guys but um, or a higher-end talent, right, because the other guys are both second-round picks. But uh, I do think that uh, they are c- kind of somewhat similar in, in that way. And it's kind of like you, you already have a guy like Higgins who – it's like, well, we kind of have to, you know, just trust them and give them the ball and give them opportunities. And obviously last year, and I, you know, I talked about uh, guys being productive, right, like in the second rounds and whatever. Like this dude was almost a thousand-yard receiver. Nobody talks about it. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. Chase, he, he can be that too. And, you know, he he can be terrific too. I just think there's little certain things he needs to work on. But as a whole, I think, uh, yeah, the quarterback definitely, you know, would benefit just having that rapport with him. I think that always helps.
0: I think it's interesting, too, and, you know, sometimes people talk about, like, defensive backfields and they say you want a, you want a basketball team. Like, you want you want guys that, you know, can, uh, you know, of all different types. You want guys that can run with smaller slot receivers. You want guys that can run with big, tall guys on the outside. Like, you need kind of different body types and different athletes to match up with different athletes. Do you think there's a benefit? I mean, I, I, I think – you know, we as fans tend to think, well, you want, you want that on offense, too. You want different types of guys. But, I mean, if you go out there and you've got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and you've got all these bigger guys that, you know, that can win in these contested situations, I mean, does that give you an advantage that, you know, like you may be able to match up with one Jamar Chase, but can, can you match up with two of them? <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I remember, like, hearing uh, the the former uh, Falcons general manager kind of talk about what he does. And he kind of builds his receiving core like a basketball team, where he's like, okay, I got my guy that, obviously, I mean, Julio, he's a he's a freak. But even mm-hmm. aside from that, it was like he tried to build the receiving core to where they just have different skill sets, whether it was Ridley or, you know, Sanu, and they kind of all have their little roles and whatnot. Um, I think it does help because you know exactly what you're getting from a guy and where he wins. Whereas like me okay i'm i I'm in this madden League and I'm playing madden last night, and I'm playing this guy that's like just going man across the board, and he kind of double teamed my my number one guy, and the other guys just struggled to beat man, and it made it extremely difficult for me and I lost <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like so that is something that can kind of happen too, where he's like, all right, we're gonna double we're gonna double uh chase, and then now we're just going to play man across the board, you know, with the other guys and you're just going to have to hope that those guys win, you know, like teams can do Mm -hmm. like certain things like that. Um, So that's where it can kind of hurt you. Instead of just having that guy that is more of a separator and you know, like he's going to, he's going to win in these situations. You can't play him man to man or one-on-one. It kind of just gives you that added like, you know, element.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Let's say that the Bengals decide to go with Penny Sewell for the first round and they pass on the receiver position. Uh so as we look a little bit deeper into the draft, you know, really what they they need an outside receiver. They got Tyler Boyd, you know, excellent slot receiver. Um you know, they, they they'll probably look to add another guy into the slot later, but you know, really that that first guy they need, uh they're going to want probably another bigger guy or maybe somebody with a little bit more speed on the outside. So who, do you, who are some guys that you think uh, could fit the bill and, and you know be a big piece of this offense uh, that, that will be available in the second round and beyond?
1: Oh, man. Well, before I answer that, I do want to kind of go, because I don't want Bengal fans to attack me. I'm not saying that Chase and T. Higgins are the same player <laughs> or, or the same prospect or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying their play styles are kind of, like, similar, but obviously, like, sure. uh, Chase is a better version of that. Um, as far as what I see... Um, and kind of like the second round, right, there's a guy who I just love, and I don't know if he's going to be there, but I think he might, and he goes by the name of Diami Brown. Uh, he's a receiver out mm-hmm. of North Carolina. Here's a tough thing that people are going to kind of like have a, like struggle with, and maybe not like NFL staffs, and maybe they will too, but um, what what the fans will see is if they kind of put on maybe some all-22. They're like, well, he only runs three routes, right? He runs a goal he'll run an out route, he'll run a stop route. And I remember when I was watching it, my first comments were that, oh, man, like, dang, this is hard to kind of evaluate at first because I'm like, it looks like the Ole Miss offense with D.K. Metcalf. And then people are like, oh, yeah, it's the same offensive coordinator. I'm like, wow, okay, it makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> now, I had to dig really deep to kind of find out, all right, let's see let's see who you are. And I had to really watch and watch and watch and and. When I got done, I was extremely impressed with him so much to the point where I think like, he's going to be like a top three receiver for me or top four, top five receiver for me, where some oh. of the people might not have him in their top ten or whatever. But this is what I see. I see somebody with terrific feet at the line of scrimmage. He has a variety of releases that he's able to give you. I think the first thing that jumps out to most people is he's a vertical threat, and he's not just a vertical threat one way. He can either run by you which he does, like, he, he will run by guys um, vertically, and he tracks the ball in extremely well. He's nuanced in understanding uh, leverage. So sometimes he'll just be running, and he'll, like, be playing at one speed, but kind of attack a guy's leverage and come back out. And he does it so smooth, but you'll see the corner speed turn.
0: And I'm like, wow, and
1: it created, like, five-yard separation. And then also he wins at, like, the contested catches as well. So he gives you everything that you want vertically. Um, he also understands – uh, little nuanced things where he like he'll give you a half step and I saw it against I want to say it was Virginia where he's running the corner's not in bad uh position gives him a half step and he ends up creating four yards of separation. Like he has these little nuances to his game where I'm like, okay that's different. But let me see the rest of his game. You know I noticed he does a really good job of setting up corners um underneath like whether he's changing pace with his uh releases, where he's going slant. He has no issues running into traffic and catching the ball. Um, out routes, he's good, smooth. I thought when he wanted to, and he could be more consistent at this as well, threaten guys vertically because, like, hey, you have the vertical speed. Now, really threaten a guy and step on his toes, get him to open up, and you sit down. He did it, and I would see it, and I and I pointed out those uh, different times where he did do it. But I did think that was something where I'm like, hey, you can be more consistent with it. Now, the tough thing is he's probably like, well, dude, if I didn't run 12 curls a, uh, a game, or 15 curls a game, I would be more consistent with it. But he, you know, it seems like sometimes he starts to kind of because he's, his their route tree is kind of repetitive. He can sometimes mm. just go through the motions. But when I watched him, what I came away with was this is this is this is uh, this is uh, Devonte Adams. Like that that's what it looked like on film. Like this is somebody with Devontae Adams' ability, and people aren't going to really see it that way because of how he was used at UNC. But if there were a team that got him, and they lined him up outside, and they motioned him down, and they started to do more things with him, I think he has big-time ability and is one of the more well-rounded uh, receivers in his draft class. Now, the difference between him and Devontae Adams is, one, he ran a faster 40, but I don't know if you can compare him because his is at a pro day and uh, Adams is at a combine. But um, also – Adams has 15 pounds on him, or 25 pounds on him, excuse excuse me. Uh, 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 Brown is 6'1", 190 pounds. But when I was watching film, he looks and plays like somebody that's 6'1", 210. So when I was watching it and I made my Devontae Adams comp, this was before his pro day and everything, I'm like, oh, this is Devontae Adams. And you just have to look and find it and know what you're looking at. Well, he weighed in at 6'1", measured in at 6'1", 190, so he's smaller. But I thought he played plenty big plays fast, plays quick, plays sudden, very nuanced. It was just an offense that was kind of hiding a lot of his ability.
0: All right. So comparing him to Chase, uh, you know, really for for Chase, it's he's going to have to be able to be you know, kind of more more smooth and use his athleticism more before the ball is in the air. Like, like that's kind of what he needs to develop in order to reach his potential, whereas with Brown – he needs to really like learn how to run more routes and and just kind of you know learn and have the reps to to uh, you know be part of a more of an NFL style uh, bigger for lack of a better word offense. with that would, well, would is that kind of get? I don't,
1: I don't even think he needs to learn how to. I think he can he 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 can do it. He has it. In. He has the movement skills, the fluidness, the suddenness. He has it. Sure. They just didn't do a lot of it. So I don't even know if it's something that well he can't do this. You know I think it's just more so of. Well, he wasn't really asked to do a whole lot of this, and I think it's more more so of that. But if if a team asked him, like, "Hey, I want you to, I need you to run routes, I need you to do this," I I think he'd be big time. And again, and if I was brave enough, I was I I know I like him more than Jamar Chase, but I'm just not brave brave enough to say that on the internet. <laughs> you mm. know, like I, I mean, I've already been attacked for saying right. I like Devontae Adam uh, Devontae Smith more, so I won't say it like publicly, but. I do like his well-rounded game. He's more of my style receiver where, Mm. you know, Chase, I I like what he brings. And if my 49ers draft him, I'm like, great. But it's not like, you know, like Debo Samuel, right? Like 49ers have Debo Samuel and IU. I like Debo, Mm -hmm. and I think he brings a lot. And I'm not saying Debo is Chase, but I know I like IU more. And I think IU has more wide receiver one ability, you know. So it's kind of like that where it's like, yeah, I, I can like both guys. And I like Jamar Chase. I think I just like Brown more, but I just won't say that publicly.
0: <laughs> I got you. I was wondering because you said you think he's going to be your, in your top three, and I was like, all right, so it's Chase or one of the Bama guys he's knocking down. <laughs> at least probably at least Waddle, one of those guys. <laughs>
1: probably Waddle. And, and the reason why I, I knocked down Waddle just a little bit is he's freakish, right? Like I mean, we're talking about um, – and I don't compare anybody to Tariq Hill because I think he's special. I think he has a certain level of twitch, suddenness, burst. Yeah. That most of these speed guys don't have, like like Rugs last year. Rugs was more of a strider. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, Waddle was able to play at a fast speed more consistently than uh, than Waddle uh, than Rugs did. Uh, my my issue with him is, and it's really weird because he is so quick and sudden and twitchy and all that. Guys kind of get hands on him too much, and that's hard. Like typically, it's hard to get hands on like somebody that's that quick and sudden. Even, even though he he's smart, he's like 5'10", 180. But it's hard to get hands on that guy. And guys just kind of get it, got hands on him, and it will kind of knock him off route a little bit. Now, Mm -hmm. the upside is, I mean, crazy, right? Like, it's crazy. But I would like to see just more pure receiver consistency from him. And that's not to say that somebody can't get it out of him. I'm sure somebody will. And and, and if he's my wide receiver four, definitely doesn't mean that I don't like him. I just think, like, all right, I just like a little bit more of what, like, when I look at – uh uh. When I look at Brown and I see Devontae Adams, I look at Waddle, I see Tariq Hill. But he's gonna have to work really hard to get to the level of a Tariq Hill. And I'm not saying he can't. I, again I really like him, but um that's kind of more of a projection. But obviously like he has like this freaky ability and upside, like, you know, I'm watching him against guys that run ten three and Eric Stokes and it just like you would think that Eric Stokes ran a, a four five and a forty the way that he was scared of him and uh, Waddle mm. like threatened so much with his speed. So now he he got some freaky stuff, man. Like he he, I mean, he ran off on Tyson Campbell um, for like an eighty ninety yard touchdown, and like Tyson Campbell never had a, a chance in space. So this 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 is going to be one of the scarier uh, uh, speedsters to come out in recent years for sure.
0: So you know we already got into pits a little bit along with Chase at the beginning. Uh, we we talked about Waddle. Uh, of course, the guy we're missing is De- Devonte Smith. So, uh, is uh, where, does, where does Smith fit in there for you? Are, you? are you concerned about the the size? Everybody loves to put up the the pictures of him where he, you know, looks like one of those guys playing in a leather helmet <laughs> or something like that. But uh, uh, what, what are what are your thoughts on Devontae Smith?
1: Oh man, I love him. Um, I love him. I think he's probably the most complete receiver I've seen in recent years. In the sense that he can beat you any which way. And you know, I know everybody like. They throw out the weight and everything like that about that being concerned. The one, the way that I watch film, it it doesn't factor in height or weight. Now, well. when you do that and you put that into a computer, uh, from what I'm hearing from the analytical guys, is it basically spits out that he would be an outlier if he's good. So people are scared well. of that. But I don't. I evaluate each guy individually without knowing what their height and weight is. So obviously mm-hmm. I knew he was skinnier, but I didn't know, like, you know how much he weighed or whatever. But I knew one thing. I let the film take my notes for me. And when I'm watching the film, he checked all the boxes. Like if you were like, hey, does he do this well? Check. Does he do this well? Check. Does he do this well? Check. He checks every single box. The only knock is that people know that he's 170 or 175, and they're using that against them to say what he can or can't do. But when I watch him, and if, you, if you're saying, hey, He's going to struggle with press. Well, it's like, all right, well, show me m- multiple reps of him struggling with press in college against bigger, mm-hmm. stronger corners. There is, there is none. Show me him, you know, not being able to uh, win at the catch point, you know, um, you know, jump balls, whatever. Can't see it. It's not there. Like, he just does it. He does it, you know what I'm saying? So you can't say he can't do it. Show me where he has trouble fighting through contact on, on uh, routes, right? Like, if a receiver or a corner is physical with him, can he work back to the ball through contact? You know, yeah, he can. Like, there's multiple, multiple against, like, Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes, like, all these guys where you see him fighting through contact, catching the ball. You know, well, show me where he gets hit and drill, and he just pops back up. Well, there's several of those reps as well. So, it's like, it's hard, it's hard for me because I don't do the whole, like, outlier and, like, wait. I, it's just show me what he can't do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And from that standpoint, he does everything at a very high level. The only pushback is he's 170. But when I do my evaluation, I don't factor that because, like, now, if his film, like, so say, like, Hollywood Brown. Same thing. Mm -hmm. I I didn't, like, you know, his weight, whatever, I don't care about that. Just, I want your film to tell me how you play. Well, I thought his film told me he played kind of smaller, right? Like, he would hit the ground, ball pop out. Um, couldn't play through contact, like, those are things that worried me, and I didn't have him as a top five receiver in that class, you know. And Hmm. sure enough, next level. So people will use him as an example of somebody that's lighter that didn't work out because – or not – I don't want to say didn't work out. Somebody that's lighter and maybe isn't a consistent, like, you know, wide receiver one or whatever he might have been projected to be because the first receiver taken in that class. Well, Hmm. they, they lump him in with Devontae Smith when their games are totally different you know, and I think that's the that's the struggle that a lot of people have with Devontae Smith. They want to lump him in with other people. You know, I hear it's like Snoop Menace, right? Snoop Menace, you know, when I was a kid, he was at Fresno, uh, Florida State, and I guess he was somebody that was tiny, you know, six foot, uh, 170 pounds. Well, Snoop Menace was not Devontae Smith, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. he wasn't that good. like He wasn't as good as him, so why are we comparing with a different type of prospect? I think that's the issue a lot of people are having, and that's the argument I have had a lot on Twitter. I don't even, I won't I won't even engage in it now, but the outlier stuff its a little bit, like, overblown. I don't use that. I just look at, okay, what, can this guy do this? Can he do this? Did he check all the boxes for me? You know, and he checks all the boxes. And then you look at him in the blocking game where I'm, I'm getting mad at corners because they're not getting off of his blocks, right? I'm like, dude, just do this. <laughs> 170 pounds, like, how are you letting him block you? But even then, I mean, that would be the area where I feel like his weight would be the biggest issue because you're just not heavy enough or maybe strong enough. But I thought he played strong enough. I thought his effort to block was really there. Would I use him like uh, LSU used Jefferson where they they would line him up like they, they're like a, a in line tight end and have Jefferson, Justin Jefferson blocking guys. Wouldn't do that with Devontae Smith, but I thought his effort and stuff was there with the blocking. But that would be probably my only concern when it comes to the weight, you know, if he's my outside guy and there's a slot receiver, am I going to throw a screen to where it forces him to block? You know, that might be mm-hmm. hit or miss. So that that might be the only area where I'm like, oh, I'm a little, a little worried about that. But everything else and what, what I think a lot of people miss out on or don't understand, for guys like me, you know, I was in not – okay, I shouldn't compare me to these other NFL guys because I wasn't, like, as good as a lot of these guys. But, you know, a 6'2", you know, six-one and a 195, 200-pound corner, the Devontae Smiths are harder to press than the bigger guys. So people look at, oh, 170, they're going to press him. i like, dude, it's hard to get your hands on that type of guy, typically. Mm. Those guys are harder because if you, you know, usually you don't have the feet and change of direction to match his movement skills. So if you try overly hard to get hands on him, then you'll probably stop your feet you'll end up locking your hips and then he'll just beat you. And, and that's hard. So you have to use more feet than hands at the line of scrimmage with him already. So, like, the whole pressing him thing that people think is going to happen is not that simple. Where where his weight might come into a factor is if, like, because people could just pick him up and body slam him and maybe he gets hurt that way. But so far that hasn't been an issue at Alabama. So it's again like, well, tell me where he's hurt. Like, and, and you just can't see it.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because first of all, we're talking about Alabama. So, you know, if you're projecting a guy from, you know, Akron or central Arkansas or something like that, and he's small, <laughs> you know. Like it's a, it's one thing. It's like okay, well, you know, he's not seeing the top top comp- competition. But you know, when you're playing in, in the SEC and you're playing for Alabama and you're going to the playoffs every year, like obviously, he's he's seen a lot. He's seen NFL guys every week, <laughs> you
1: know, right? Like,
0: and, and, and mostly NFL guys every week. So, um, and, and he's held up, and and yeah, like, you know, people love to talk about injuries, but again he's he's faced that competition and, and injuries haven't been you know a major issue for him uh, in, in college you know knock on wood about that in the future but I think yeah we we tend to over look at those things and oh this guy's gonna be injured. It's like, well okay, but this bigger guy that looks like an NFL guy he's, he's actually been injured. That's the guy you should be worried about. So um yeah. You know like I look at uh uh Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette when when they were coming out People were, you know, more people were talking about McCaffrey getting, you know, potentially get injured than Fournette, when Fournette actually had a history of injury, and you know, McCaffrey right. was just
1: small. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: and, the injury and, and, stuff is not prejudice towards your size, right? Like, you know, I was watching um, the I Am Athlete podcast with uh, on YouTube with uh, Brandon Marshall and Chad Johnson, and Chad Johnson is like, I never got hurt and played at 180 pounds. Where Brandon Marshall mm-hmm. dealt with a ton of injuries, and Marshall is six five, two hundred thirty pounds. So like, I think people just think like, oh, the injuries yeah. are only going to happen to the smaller guy, and if it happens to him, then they want to point that out. Where he's like, no, like the the bigger guy gets hurt too. So it, like, injuries are more flukish than it than it has anything to do with your like like your your size, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because we talk about, well, if he's successful, he's going to be an outlier. It's like, well, they're all outliers. Like, that's what your job is. We're looking for outliers here, you know? Right, right. But uh so, you know, one other thing I'd like to uh, talk about with you. So, look, they're, they're looking for the big outside guy, um, you know, but the Bengals are also really lacking depth at the receiver position, and uh, they lost long-time, uh, you know, backup slot receiver, and punt returner, Alex Erickson, uh, in free agency this year. Is there a guy in the draft that you think could fill that type of role or, you know, as a as a reserve, maybe a, a, a smaller slot that could complement, you know, Boyd uh, from time to time and, and could also help out uh, in special teams as a kick and a punt returner?
1: Oh, man, there's a guy like uh, tutu Outwell from Louisville. You know, now he's a tiny guy, you know, and, you know, I'm not mentioning him up there with, like, a Devontae Smith or anything like that, but he is a guy sure. that is, you know, smaller, quicker, twitchier. Now, he only he might only weigh, like, 160 pounds, but, and I wouldn't do the same things I would do with Devontae Smith with this guy, but just somebody that might be able to fill that type of role and also be, you know, uh, maybe your primary return guy, I think he can kind of, you know, do some things like that. Now, what round he gets drafted in, I'm not Sure. Um, but uh, you know, fifth round, sixth round, and you see like okay, an opportunity to draft a guy like Tutu and kind of take a flyer on him. That that would be something that could like kind of play, pay off to where, for the next few years, you have somebody that can at the very least kind of fill in uh, a void as a reserve guy. And that's one thing too. I think everybody when they look at prospects, they they don't. You, I think you asked a great question. I don't think people look at it like that. Like they they look that they look at it like oh, this guy's going to be a star, this guy's going to be this and that. And I would look at it like, well, maybe this guy is just kind of drafted to kind of be this, like, reserve guy and fill in for this guy if he gets tired, or maybe just be a return man. And I think somebody like Tutu can, you know, fill that type of void.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think sometimes you get into that where, you know, maybe you have a needed a position, and, you know, like the the Bengals uh, doubled down at receiver Early in the 2000s, with uh, you know Peter Work, and then took Ron Dugan's a little, uh, quite a bit later in the draft, actually, and you know Dugan ended up having a pretty good career and being you know being a major contributor for them. But but yeah, those D three, those day three picks, rather. Um, I mean, if they're if they're staying on the roster and playing special teams and you know filling in from time to time, like that's a good sixth-round pick. Yeah, that's a win.
1: Like, that's a win.
0: That that is definitely a win if those guys can stick around and contribute in those ways. And, yeah, it's not always – it's great to to find, you know, Tom Brady at 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 199, but, uh, but, you know, you're not making a little bit of that. Don't get me (laughs) started on Tom Brady and Mac Jones and
1: all this stuff for
0: my 49ers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I got you. (laughs) But uh, but yeah you know yeah you're not you know it's it, it's not always finding the home runs on on, uh, on day three you know but finding those those solid pieces that are going to contribute t- for you for a long time um, right yeah you know, that's that, that's how you build a team so uh, well I do appreciate you joining me to get today excuse me uh, once again my my guest was Eric Crocker Eric uh, where can people find you your work you mentioned your, your Patreon earlier uh, where can they, they check all that stuff out.
1: Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. Um, you know, I, I I haven't posted as much content on Twitter as I used to because I've kind of pushed things to my Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash crock talk. And a lot of everything that I'm talking about with these prospects, if you subscribe to my Patreon account, like, you'll see, like, you know, 10, 12-minute videos, like, kind of, like, in-depth on a lot of these prospects. And we talked about the receivers today, but, you know, and I also, I mean, I didn't bring up, like, Terrace Marshall, but I have a breakdown on Terrence Marshall. Um, I have done a ton on defensive back. Uh, and I know you guys might be in the market for a cornerback, but, um, you know, maybe later in the draft. But I've done, like, really all the top all the top corners. <laughs> I've done breakdowns on them, full video breakdowns and everything that shows, like, a lot of strengths, weaknesses, and, you know, good examples and everything. So that's, that's patreon.com slash crock talk. And, uh, yeah, that's where you guys can find me.
0: All right, yeah, definitely check that out. Give Eric a follow. Um you know, real, real quality stuff there. Uh, again, appreciate you coming by. Love, love, love talking to you, especially around draft season. Uh, keep tuned in to this podcast as well. We're going to have Bengals coverage leading up to the draft and and really throughout the off season. So uh, keep it tuned in to Cincy Jungle and Chalk Talk. Who day? Yeah,
1: we are coming for what's ours. Yeah, we are coming for what's ours. You hear the crowd? We coming for with ours.